Hey, it's Rick Kettner here. Let's explore three of my favorite insights from The Language of Trust by Michael Meslansky. This book is all about how to sell products, services, or ideas to a skeptical audience. The world is more skeptical than ever, and this book is about building trust with people by communicating on their own terms. So if you're in sales, if you're in marketing, if you're in communications, or if you just wanna become a better communicator, I highly recommend that you read this book. Before I dive into my three favorite insights, let me just ask you, do you have a favorite business or marketing book that you think that I should cover in the future? Let me know down in the comments below. And if you enjoy this kind of video, let me know by clicking the like button. But let's dive into my three favorite insights from the book, starting with insight number one, we're now living in the post trust era. In the past, people would become more and more skeptical as they got older, as they got access to more information, as they gained more life experience. But today, all of this is happening much faster. We have access to way more information. We have way more chance to watch the news media, social media, and actually see real world examples of businesses, of institutions that are misleading or are manipulating people. In many cases, we've witnessed this firsthand. If you've worked in retail, if you've worked in sales, if you've worked in marketing, or even if you've been on the consumer end and you've bought a product from a business and you've seen firsthand how they've manipulated you or how the product or service didn't live up to the hype or how that 50% off sale wasn't really 50% off and how it was just the everyday price. Whatever the situation may be, we've all seen examples of this and more than ever today, businesses out there that are trying to convince people that they're safer, better, smarter, these kinds of businesses set off red flags and they cause people to be even more skeptical and for very good reason. And I think part of this comes from the fact that over the last 20 to 50 years, communities have changed a lot. It used to be that people lived primarily in small tight-knit communities. Everybody knew each other. There were social checks and balances where if somebody wronged somebody else, that everybody would find out about that. And if there was a wrong accusation, of a situation like that, that person would pay a price. There was a price to be paid if you were to wrong somebody because everybody knew each other. But unfortunately, as the world changes, as communities evolve, a lot of these checks and balances aren't as strong anymore. And even though I think in many ways today, the world is even smaller than ever, you run into people that you know all the time, reputation and relationship matter more than ever. Unfortunately, there are enough people out there that are still willing to play the game as if there are no consequences, as if you're gonna run into them the one time and they might take advantage of you and then never see you ever again. There's enough of that going on that it's very difficult for consumers to navigate the waters today. And so for this reason, and probably many more, I think it's actually really smart for people today to be much more skeptical. So it's not that this is a bad thing. It's just understanding that we now live in the post-trust era. And in the book, they talk about the 2008 financial crisis being a major catalyst for this, where people are now more than ever questioning major institutions. But just in general, this is something that's happened over decades. People are much less trusting, and I think they have really good reason to be skeptical today. But let's dive into insight number two. The truth will no longer set you free. If you're anything like me, you might have thought from that first insight that, hey, I don't have to worry about this. You know, if I just do the right thing, if I have the right intent, if I'm trying to do the right thing for my customers, then I don't have to worry about all the skepticism. I can just do the right thing, take care of my customers, and if they're skeptical, they're just gonna find out that I'm trying to do the right thing. The problem with that is, and they, they address this in the book, really strong counterpoint. When people are skeptical, they start to assume an ulterior motive. So even if you're doing the right thing in, and you're reflecting that in social media or in your press releases or in your brand communication in some way, whatever it is that you're addressing, be it a political issue, a local issue, an issue dealing with your customers and making that public, whatever the situation may be, 
people are more likely to assume there is an ulterior motive behind even doing the right thing. So even if what you're doing is technically right, you have to learn to communicate those things correctly, how to communicate the right actions in the right ways. And that's a major core message in the book. And they dive a lot into the idea of truth because I think a lot of the times we like to believe, I like to believe that Truth is a fixed thing. There's one state of truth in the world, and you know if we're communicating within that realm of truth, then we're good to go. But the problem is, and the book separates this concept, there's your truth and there's their truth. So your truth, whether it's for you personally, your team, your business, your brand, and then their truth, the audience, the customer, the prospect, whoever it is that you're communicating with, there's typically a pretty big gap between these two truths. And so even if you feel like you're, communicating with them and trying to convince them using facts and hard data and objective information, you still may be running into some very real issues because their truth, the way that they view the world, is backed by their own facts, their own experiences, their own ways of looking at the world. And when you communicate something with them that they perceive as only half true, let's say you communicate something and for whatever reason, in their minds, they think, ah, there's some truth to that, but here's why it's also wrong. They label that typically, or here in the book, they call that a half-truth. So in their minds, they're thinking, well, that's half-true. And counter to what you might believe, a half-truth doesn't bring them halfway closer to your perspective. It actually moves you further apart because depending on how they perceive it, they may see that half-truth as actually you misleading them or you trying to manipulate them or sell them or persuade them. And this actually causes a further gap between your position and their position. So one of the core messages in the book don't try to change their view of the truth. Accept their worldview and communicate within it. You're not out to persuade. You're not out to change their view, their truth. You're out to communicate within their truth and reach them where they're at. Let's move on to insight number three. Become an agent for the customer. Today, more than ever, it's critical that we focus on building trust and providing objective information. We're not there to sell, to persuade, to manipulate, to try to close the sale, to try to lead them to a conclusion. We want to let them decide. We want to provide them with objective information in a neutral and non-intimidating way and allow them to come to their own conclusion. We want to become an agent for the customer, which means... We want to keep their interests even above our own, even above our own short-term goals. Maybe we have a revenue target. Maybe we have some other objective that we're trying to hit. We want to focus on serving them above all else because in a roundabout way, serving their best interests serves our own best long-term interests. And this is a very difficult concept for a lot of sales and marketers to understand. I know there are probably a number of people watching this video right now thinking, well, that sounds great on paper, but I've got quarterly targets you know, if I don't sell this customer, they're never going to come back. I'm losing out on that sale. It's a very real source of revenue that I can close right now. But the problem is that's a very short-sighted approach. And more than ever today, when people are highly skeptical, they need people that are actually honest with them, that are serving their best interests. And that comes around, whether it's in a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, you're going to deal with someone again in the future. And if they know that you are serving their best interest, whether on an individual basis or as a team or as an organization, if they know that you're actually trying to say, serve them above all else, maybe you even recommended them to a competitor because it was the better product for them at the time, they're going to remember that. And I know this is difficult to appreciate in a world where, as I mentioned earlier, we may only ever interact with somebody one time. But the fact is, even if we don't close that sale, they're going to remember 
that we had their best interest at heart. And they're gonna remember the benefits of our product, even if it wasn't right for them. They're gonna communicate that to somebody else they know when they run into somebody that would benefit from our product over the one that might've been a better fit for them. And so building trust in a world where skepticism is so rampant, what's interesting is when people are so skeptical, they're actually pretty desperate deep down for people that they can actually trust, for people they can actually rely on. And so if you can be that person, that business, that brand that they can turn to and actually trust that you are serving their interests first and foremost, and that your success is based on their success, and that you're not out to close a sale, you're not out to convince or persuade them, you're there to serve them with objective information and let them decide, then ultimately that increases your ability to actually have an impact in the world. And so as they say in the book, if you're stuck in a mindset of trying to generate hype, persuade and sell, you risk getting rejected and dismissed by consumers. But if you see yourself as an unbiased provider of information, you can be part of the dialogue. You can establish a relationship and you can have a future with those customers. So those are three of my favorite insights from the book. Let me quickly recap them here. Insight number one, we're now living in the post-trust era. Number two, the truth will no longer set you free. And number three, become an agent for the customer. Now, there is a lot more in this book that I didn't yet cover or didn't get a chance to cover in this video, including arguably one of the best insights from the book that didn't quite make the cut, how to use symbols to communicate more effectively. Also, the four principles of credibility, including be personal, be plain spoken, be positive, and be plausible. A lot of really powerful ideas in the book that we didn't get to touch on here. So I highly recommend if you're in sales, marketing, communication, or you just wanna become a better communicator, pick up a copy of The Language of Trust by Michael Meslansky. That's it for this video. If you enjoyed the video, please let me know by clicking the like button. And if you have any questions or thoughts about anything that we covered or anything about the book, let me know down in the comment section. If you wanna learn more about business, marketing, or entrepreneurship, I recommend that you subscribe or follow my updates so that you don't miss out on future videos. Thank you for watching, and I'll see you in the next video.